1: do you like sports because we like
2: sports let's talk about sports it's sports jack
1: sports welcome to episode 222 of the sports
2: yak podcast i thought about doing an obscure karen valentine reference for room 222 but instead we'll dedicate this one to don mattingly the former yankee slugger grew up in evansville indiana Once played against Concord High School at a baseball game. He had 222 home runs in his major league career. The Marlins manager sitting idly this week, but he gets a Sport Jack episode dedicated to him.
1: Was Room 222 a spinoff?
2: I'm not sure it was a spinoff or not. It was was about a high school, an integrated high school in the early 70s.
1: Am I thinking of another show where the address, 227? You're thinking of 227 with Marla Gibbs. 222 and 227. Can you believe that? Don't get confused. I won't. <laughs> Family Broadcasting Corporation
0: well, the crowd's going wild. in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network presents oh, Sportsiac. Oh, One host knows sports and yeah, who's right there. The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Hey, Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get
2: your big butt out of here!
0: And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer... This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie.
2: Forever!
1: We've got a lot to cover. Chuck texted me last night at about, uh, I don't know, bedtime. We gotta do a sports yak. That's what I heard in my head when I read it. Well,
2: Wednesday was one of the wilder days uh, that I've been part of of the last four or five months. Probably the wildest day from a sports news standpoint since the days when sports shut down the, that Thursday and Friday. Let's, Why? Well, because there was so much popping, and by the end of the day, it didn't seem as much because there was a story, I'll tell you about it a high school story later on, that flared up and then flared back down. Okay. But let's start with Notre Dame football because I think that's the most – widespread story here, the one that most of our listeners will care about, and that's the fact that for the first time in its 133-year history, Notre Dame football is going to be part of a conference this year. It's official. Now, we've, we've known this was going to be the case for a while, but the ACC made it official yesterday that Notre Dame will be part of the ACC for the 2020 season. And it will be eligible to compete for the conference title. It will be included in all the bowl selections. So if the Irish have a great season, they make the college football playoff fine. If they don't, they would still be eligible to go to the Orange Bowl as the ACC selection. Are we going to see some different teams that we haven't seen before? Well, you're going to see some teams that were not originally on the Irish schedule. Okay. So there are going to be 10 conference games that each team will play and then they will get to play one non-conference game. The question right now for Notre Dame on that non-conference game is who will it be and where will it be played? Because the ACC put in a stipulation you can only play your non-conference games in states that have ACC schools. Well, Notre Dame was supposed to open its season at Navy. That's in Maryland. There are no ACC schools in Maryland. So Notre Dame cannot play Navy there. They could have Navy come to Notre Dame Stadium, Uh, They could play at an off-site in a state that has an ACC team. Or they might not play Navy at all. Maybe they'll honor their contract with Arkansas, who is supposed to play at Notre Dame Stadium on September 12th. All these questions remain to be answered, and they were not answered by a statement that Jack Swarbrick put out last night, which was, uh, well, didn't say a whole lot other than the fact
1: we're excited to be partnered with the acc this year you know what i just thought as you were saying that whether navy would come to the stadium all of those non-for-profits trying to make the extra money working in the booths inside the stadium Absolutely. could be out the window and that's their big chunk of change for their organization right oh the ripple effects of
2: all of these things are huge and I, another question that Notre Dame fans are going to ask, and rightfully so, what are ticket sales going to be like? Who's going to be allowed in the stadium? What's the capacity going to be? We don't know. We haven't been told that yet. So the answer I don't know, while I've been giving it a lot more than what I'm comfortable giving, I want to be accurate with people, and right now that's something we don't know. What we do know is who Notre Dame's opponents will be. The home schedule will include Clemson, Duke, Florida State, Louisville, and Syracuse. The road schedule will be Boston College, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Pitt, and Wake Forest. So we don't even know what opponent will be on what date right now. For instance, Clemson was originally scheduled to be a game on the second Saturday of November. I want to say that is November 8th. Well, that's not, the, that's not necessarily the case anymore. The ACC will redo the entire schedule, and so we'll see what happens. What we do know is that the season won't start before the week of September 7th, the Saturday of that week being September 12th. You have basically uh, 13 weeks to play your 11 games. And then the ACC championship game will be in Charlotte, North Carolina, either December 12th or December 13th. So it's going to be uh, a season that goes later into the year than what we're accustomed to. And uh, we'll see if they get all 11 games in or not. Obviously, that's the goal,
1: but with this virus and and how things have gone, nobody knows for sure. I know that you don't know the answer, but I'll just say it out loud. Let's say I'm a ticket holder of Notre Dame and Western. That's no more. Doesn't appear to be. I wonder if I'll get a phone call. I would hope.
2: Wow. I, I would not want to be in the Notre Dame ticket office right now. That's... That's got to be a very difficult place to be right now because I'm not sure they have any answers. All of this just unfolded within the last 24 hours. Wow. So now if I'm a Notre Dame fan, though, and I look at that schedule, obviously Clemson is a game that would concern me. Don't underestimate Louisville coming here to the stadium. As far as the road games are concerned, I think the toughest road game on there is probably North Carolina. Mack Brown is the new coach of the Tar Heels, was there last year, seems to be building something. They've got a very potent offense. I think that's the road game that would scare me most for the Irish, and that was not originally on the schedule. On the other hand, you take Wisconsin and USC off the schedule. I mean, as I look at the schedule right now, to me Clemson is the only top 25 team on the Irish schedule. So, I don't think a 10 and 1 prediction is all that far off right now for this team. And if they finish second in the ACC, they would get a rematch. Let's say Clemson comes here to Notre Dame and beats Notre Dame. But that's the only loss Notre Dame has. Notre Dame would be second in the ACC, and they would probably play Clemson again in the ACC championship game. Now, Notre Dame also got a football recruit yesterday. This was popping about four in the afternoon. kid by the name of Logan Diggs. He's out of Metairie, Louisiana. Only rated as a three-star running back. The, the Irish were really hoping to get a kid named Will Shipley who wound up going to Clemson. And then they had to shuffle their priorities at running back. So they wind up getting Logan Diggs. It was important to get a running back in this class just for depth at the position. You've got to have a stable of running backs because running backs get banged up quite a bit. So you want to make sure you've got four or five of them. And so Diggs is an important get for Notre Dame. I don't know that you look at him and say, oh, this kid's going to be a star but he does offer them some depth. Now, there's also uh, some college football news coming out of Blacksburg, Virginia. That's the home of Virginia Tech. And uh, they had a player, I believe his name is Caleb Farley, and he is expected to be a number one, or I shouldn't say a number one, a first-round pick in next year's NFL draft. And he has decided to opt out of the college football season because of concerns over COVID-19. He has a he lives with his family apparently and his family has a history of health problems so he is reticent to expose himself to anything and so he's going to take his classes online and he will train for the NFL draft of course the NFL scouts have seen enough of him to have an idea of what he's going to be like and I don't think this move is going to be highly unusual in college football I I don't think it's going to be the norm, but I think you'll see maybe one or two players at each school decide that it's not in their best interest to go play. Whether it's for preserving your draft stock or whether you have family members that you don't want to necessarily expose to the virus. So that was the college football news. (laughs) Here's the high school scene. The IHSA tweets out yesterday afternoon, it's a go for fall sports. So everything starts on time. That means the first girls' golf matches are Monday. That means high school football begins August 21st. What they don't say is the unwritten caveat that, well, any local school or county health department can put the kibosh on things. And within an hour of the IHSA making its tweet, in Marion County, there was a story that came out that the health department was shutting down soccer, volleyball, and football until October 1st. Well, this, of course, sent ripple effects throughout the state because Marion County is where Indianapolis is, it is the county that has the most schools in the IHSAA. And there are teams up here that play events against teams down there. For instance, St. Joe opens its season this year at Heritage Christian. That's in Marion County. Penn, in week three, plays Indianapolis Cathedral. That's in Marion County. So that news was going to have a ripple effect even up here. Well, it turns out that nobody bothered to tell some of the Marion County superintendents or ADs that the health department was doing this. Ouch. And some of them turned around and said, what are you doing? So the health department appears to have backed down in its status right now. And they said they're monitoring the situation. Now, it doesn't mean that if things flare up in Indianapolis, if things get worse and Folks, Marion County has had twice as many COVID cases as any other county in the state. Granted, it's a huge county. It's got the biggest city in it. So, from a population standpoint, it stands to reason. But it also tended to put some of the officials up here on edge. And I I talked to some administrators in both St. Joe and Elkhart counties yesterday. And they're progressing forward with the plan, but they're doing it with a wary eye to their county health departments because both of them feel like their county health departments may try to step in and intervene. Mishawaka schools yesterday announced that they're going to e-learning until September 18th, but they're going to continue to have athletic activities. It is a balancing act. And I've heard many people say, how can you not have in-person instruction but still have sports? And look, I'm no health expert, but here are the the two things that I put out there. Number one, we know more about the virus now than we did in March when we canceled all sports. And number two, in-person instruction puts a number of students in a confined indoor classroom. Whereas a lot of these sports, and especially the low-contact ones like golf, cross-country, tennis, they're played where you're well spread out from your opponent. Even soccer, I think you're fairly well spread out from your opponent. Volleyball has put in rules this year where you would not cross paths with your opponent. Obviously, football is the one where people say, well, there's no way to play football without contact. So we're going to have to see what happens with football and if there are cases where the virus gets spread. But again, I'm (laughs) I'm not trying to influence people one way or the other. I'm trying to report to you the facts of the story as they are right now.
1: We, uh, our home base is in Indiana. We are literally a stone's throw to the Michigan border. It's a different story there. Well, Michigan has decided those low-contact sports, and they have girls
2: swimming in the fall. So they're talking golf, tennis, girls swimming. You go on, you're, you're fine. You're good to go. Cross-country, you're good to go. The problem Michigan has right now are with sports like soccer, volleyball, and football, where there is closer contact between the participants. And they're delaying a decision on that until August 20th, primarily, I guess, to see how things trend between now, July 30th, and August 20th. So to buy themselves some time to make decisions. They have eliminated scrimmages for teams. They said that football teams can start practicing August 17th, If you're going to get your 10 practices in, that means that, you know, the season wouldn't really be able to begin until, I think, August 17th, as I look at the calendar. Here is a Monday, so the 21st. uh, I think the earliest they could play a game would be the 28th if they decided that that was okay. They may push back and make opening day uh, that Thursday or Friday before Labor Day. Okay. So Michigan's got a different outlook on it, and in Illinois yesterday, they decided that they were moving football to the spring. They were moving football, soccer, and volleyball to the spring.
1: By the way, if you're not paying attention and reading Twitter carefully, and you see I-H-S-A-A, and you realize it's Illinois, not Indiana, yeah. you say some things out loud mm-hmm. <laughs> until you read the fine print. Spring. Yes.
2: Wow. So they're one of, I believe, nine states that have done that now.
1: What does a spring season look like uh, just after the new year? Or that's a good question. You know, February, March. I would guess late February,
2: early March, you Ooh. start playing. But the thing is, your championship football games are going to be played in the heat of the summer. Ooh. So again, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm just reporting to you what is going on. So you had all that going on. Then, <laughs> then you have Major League Baseball. So we told you yesterday about the Joe Kelly Dodger reliever getting into it with the Astros, uh, buzzing the tower on a couple of hitters, mocking Carlos Correa after he struck him out, etc. Joe Kelly received a suspension yesterday from Major League Baseball for eight games. And as I am wont to point out, this is eight games more than any Astros player has been suspended for the sign-stealing scandal. Now, part of that is because I'm not sure that the commissioner of baseball, because of the deal with the players' union that Major League Baseball has, necessarily had the authority to suspend somebody for electronic sign stealing. Because I saw a report come out today in The Athletic where that has now been agreed to. So if the commissioner doesn't have the authority to suspend somebody, his hands are somewhat tied. I think because electronic sign stealing had not really come up before, it wasn't really negotiated into the contract, and so it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Now we've had I don't know, since baseball began pitchers throwing at hitters to try to send messages, which is exactly what Joe Kelly was trying to do. He was coy about it. He was like, "Oh, I don't have that good of control, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. OK, Joe. Uh, so did he deserve a suspension? Perhaps, but remember in
1: a 60 game season, 8 games is a lot of games. Yeah, what's the what's the percentage? What's the math? Well, is that 30% of the season? No, it's 13%. 13. Of the
2: but still, if you did that over a 162 game season, that would be like giving
1: a guy a 22 game suspension during a normal year. Uh follow-up question is it just eight of the next games or the eight games that he would have been playing in
2: well he's a relief pitcher so there's no way of knowing that it's the next eight games next eight games next eight games
1: well enjoy that quarantine right so (laughs) he'll be the healthiest relief pitcher hopefully but the point a lot of people are making
2: is joe kelly did what everybody wanted to do to the Astros. was he on the team no He wasn't even on the Dodgers when the Astros were stealing signs from the Dodgers. But he went out there and did the dirty work. And you'll see a lot of hashtag free Joe Kelly on the old Twitter machine. While that's going on, Major League Baseball, we told you about the schedule juggling they're doing because of the Marlins outbreak. Well, here are the Philadelphia Phillies who are perhaps the most innocent of uh, the collateral damage done here. They just happened to be playing the Marlins that day, last Sunday, when the outbreak started. The Phillies have had to sit idle for the last... They will sit idle until Friday when Toronto comes to Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philadelphia. Remember, Toronto doesn't get to play at home this year because the Canadian government said... They didn't want them tracking American COVID cases back into Canada. So the team without a country, the Blue Jays, will go to Philadelphia and play home games against the Phillies in the Phillies ballpark. And because there's games to be made up, there's the possibility that instead of them being nine-inning games, they will be seven-inning games. I mean, this thing is just off-the-charts wacko. And these are the kinds of things happening yesterday afternoon as all the high school news is breaking, as all the Notre Dame news is breaking. They're really making it up as they go along. They are. Major League Baseball finally, last night, put in somebody in charge of COVID protocols. How was this not done before we started? And, by the way, there was baseball on the field last night. The Cubs' bullpen continues to be a dumpster fire. They lose to the Reds by a count of 12-7. Kyle Hendricks struggled, but then Rex Brothers came in and promptly gave up a grand slam to Nicholas Castellanos. Yeah, that Nicholas Castellanos! Yeah, the Nicholas Castellanos that I wanted the Cubs to re-sign last year. Yeah, that one. Rex Brothers. Rex, welcome to South Bend because you should be on the next bus here. He was awful last night. The Cubs' bullpen has been awful. David Ross is finally starting to comment on it, saying we can't. The Cubs' starters, their control has been terrific. I think in six starts, they've maybe walked six batters. The Cubs' bullpen... They hand out free passes like you're just going to, you know, cinema fourteen or something like that. They're just here, you want you wanna get on base? Here you go. I this said is... last night that they you can post numbers against the Cubs bullpen like a Jerry Lewis telethon tote board.
1: <laughs> Your tone is very different from yesterday's episode. <laughs> That's
2: what it's like to be a Cub
1: fan. They're still in first place, by the way. Oh, they are still, oh, they are still they are still in
2: first place. Okay. 4-2. and two. White Sox got a win last night. Lucas Giolito, as bad as he was on opening day, he was that good against Cleveland last night. Bullpen came in and held the job, and White Sox got a 4 nothing win, their second win of the year. Detroit right now, one of the great surprises in Major League Baseball. They're 4-2. and two. They're in first place, tied with Cleveland in the American League Central. And the Tigers picked up a nice 5-4 win over the Royals last night on a Jacoby Jones home
1: run. And then if you're looking for more sports to watch, the NBA returns tonight. You know, it was my 13-year-old last night that said, Dad, are you excited about the NBA? And your answer is? I will say how I answered your Twitter poll. I'm glad it's back. The options on the 46
2: Sports Twitter poll, very excited, glad it's back, or don't care at all, and it seems to have a lot of answers in all three categories. Um, But tonight, it's Utah and New Orleans. Of course, Zion Williamson playing for the Pelicans. Ironically, it was Utah that shut down the NBA season and shut down all of sports with Rudy Gobert getting the coronavirus back on March 10th. They restart the NBA season tonight against New Orleans. And then you've got the Lakers and the Clippers because they want LeBron out there on the first night for the Lakers, uh, taking on whatever's left of the clippers and uh, i have not gotten an update on lou williams wing order yet whether that has come through from the gentleman's club in atlanta
1: it's amazing watching sports right now day to day because you've got the competition element of sports but then you throw in a pandemic and covid of like all right who's going to test positive is it going to be a couple people is it going to be a whole team is it going to be scotch free but the bubbles have worked
2: The the bubbles have worked. The NBA bubble, no positive tests for anybody who stayed in the bubble. The NHL, 4,256 tests, no positive tests. Uh, Major League Soccer hasn't had anybody test positive while in the bubble. So the bubbles have worked. And people say, well, why didn't Major League Baseball do a bubble? And there had been talk about a bubble in Florida and one in Arizona and, and teams playing in those hub cities. Here's the problem. Arizona only has one indoor baseball stadium. Everything else is outdoors. The forecast for Arizona this weekend, 108, 108, and 110. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not playing outdoors in that. It's a dry heat. I'm sure it is, but <laughs> they're they're not going to be playing outdoors. In that. 112 in Las Vegas. Yeah. So
2: that's that's why the Major League Baseball Players Association says we're not doing a bubble there this time of year. We'll see how it all works out. The Marlins, again, still the only team with a positive test since last Friday in Major League Baseball. I think if you follow the protocols, it will work. This, of course, let me circle back to what we started with today, which is college football. There's a story out of New Jersey. Rutgers has been in quarantine with its college football program. For a week now, why did they have to go into quarantine? Why were there positive tests for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights? Because a bunch of players went to a party. And as some people have aptly said, well, good luck, college football, because last I checked, college kids do like to party. Interesting days. Oh, and we haven't even talked about the Blackhawks, who played an exhibition game last night. They won 4 oh, nothing, yeah. and they will start their playoff push against Edmonton on Saturday. How long is that season? Well, that depends on how well you do, because it's the playoffs now. It's it's Oh, uh, it's playoff time. It's playoff time for the National Hockey League. So they will play Edmonton. Blackhawks are the 12-seed. Edmonton is the 5-seed. They're playing in Edmonton. Hawks are the youngest team left in the NHL playoffs overall, so we'll see how they do. But they looked pretty good last night in their exhibition.
1: All right, pardon my ignorance. So it's okay for hockey players to go play in Canada?
2: Yes, because
1: they again, they're all there. Okay, they they're all they're there. all in Edmonton. Yes. Okay, I or missed that they're, part. They're
2: either in Edmonton or Toronto. They're those all are the two there. hub cities. All right, I get so that. they're not. They're not leaving the country They're not going coming to, Chicago to the US to play the black and then coming back. Not going to Detroit. Right. Okay. Yes. So, very valid question, but that's why. Okay. I think we've covered it all.
1: I think you've covered it all. I've just sat in awe at, at the mind, <laughs> the power, the sports cabinet that is Chuck's brain.
2: I just hope that we didn't miss anything for anybody.
1: And if we do, uh, Chuck is hot to trot on the Twitter at forty six sports. You can follow me at my name is Corey. The podcast at Sports Yak. I think we're done here. Until Monday, we say Oogaloo
2: Don Mattingly. We've
1: had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience we done
0: the sports yak podcast with chuck freebie and corey Mann. subscribe on apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts visit the archives for previous coach and athlete interviews part of the studio dna podcast network Google, Google.